What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Run Happy Podcast. I'm Baxter Friedman. And I'm Charlie Rook, and this is a podcast for people that want to improve themselves as runners as well as people, and always run happy. Let's get into it. All right, what is up, everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Run Happy Podcast. Today, we're here with Dylan Haviland. How are you doing, man? Good. I'm doing great, guys. Thank you so much for having me. This is super awesome to be here just talking with you guys today. Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, we're really excited to have you. And uh, Bash made it sound like we've been trying to get this going for a little bit. So uh, glad to glad to finally get you on here. Um, so why don't you uh, why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about about yourself? For sure. Um, so like I said, my name is Dylan Haviland. I attend Northwood University. Um, long story, long running journey. Um, to put it in a short story, I started from a small town in St. John's, Michigan. After high school, I competed for Lansing Community College took a break here during COVID and then transferred over to Northwood where I've currently been for past three years. This is my third year now. And uh, as a super senior, we're rocking out our last couple semesters. So it's been great. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, and let, let's talk a little bit more about that journey. How, how did you get into running and, you know, what led you to Northwood? For sure. Uh, I got into running from good old peer pressure back in middle school. <laughs> my friends, they always wanted me to join and I would I would do pretty well in the, the gym class miles. And eventually that led to starting in eighth grade to going into high school. I had a lot of different coaches, all I've been thankful for. Part of that journey of going to Northwood started through Lansing Community College and Coach Rob, uh, who recruited me. Um, it wasn't the path that I thought I would take. Um, I had pretty big dreams of going D1 right out of high school and then for, you know, D1 or D2 and we went the JUCO route and, you know, it wasn't always what I had expected, but when I visited there, it felt like home. It felt right and thought it was going to be a great fit. And I met some really great people there, people that I'm still very close with today. And then after um, LCC, of course, we had COVID. That was a fun time for everyone. And I decided just to take a break here and uh, figure out what I wanted to do. And in that, I really didn't think I would be running again or going back to college. So when I got um, a follow-up from Northwood, they said like, hey, we want to make you one last offer. And that was from my coach, Colin Nuremberg, who coached at Northwood for a bit. And he was recruiting me there, after coaching me in high school for a bit. So um, come took about a week, week and a half to think about it, gave him a call and he said, you know what, like, let's do it. Let's get back into shape. So we, we jumped back on the wagon and it's been nothing but fun, nothing but a great time. I'm, I'm super happy with all the people and just the success of that program. So it's been a, it's been a great time. Dude, that's awesome. It sounds like a really cool journey. I, lo- I love people that start from the JUCO route and uh, work their way up. Those are always really cool stories. So why did you, so what, what was that decision process like going into a JUCO? Was it, you, did you not necessarily have the times that you wanted coming out of high school? Did you just feel like the better fit? Do you want to start small? So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? For sure. Yeah. I had the times that I, I wanted to run. I was 153 in the 800 and 420 in the mile at the time coming out of high school. So I thought that would set me up pretty well. And it did. I did have some meetings with D1 and D2 schools, but honestly, just none of them really felt like home for me. And uh, the other thing that I was struggling with, too, is the monetary position. So I didn't feel like the scholarship was lining up to what my talents had been. And at the end of the day, you have to, you know, pick what you feel like is going to work for you the best. You have to feel at home. You have to follow your heart. And JUCO had better chances for scholarships there. Um, They were able to make me a, a better offer. And 
at the time, I, I really didn't want to go into a ton of debt. So I, I knew that like, if I didn't want to have that amount attached to my name, the best route for me would be to go Juco to save some money. I was also a half an hour from home. And I really loved the coach and just how like goofy yet serious the guys were. They had a mentality to work hard, but they also like just knew how to have fun with their work. And I, I really connected with that. And so going there, I definitely don't have any regrets. And it really opened my mind to a lot of new ways of training. A lot of the times, like, you think you just have to hammer all the time. Like if you go to D2 or D1 school, sometimes it's just like, they're going to throw you against the wall. And then the people that break, break. And the people that are successful are successful. Um, and at JUCO, is just a little bit different. Like um, they really cared about each one of their athletes. And not to say that D1 and D2 don't. Um, but right off the bat, it was a different style of training. For me from high school, it was a good stimulus. And I really appreciated just, just every single part of that um, journey there. That is that is really interesting. I've never heard anyone say that about JUCO or really like, I mean, that is, I'm just like, I'm, I'm absorbing that right now. And that is just, that's, that's a really, really cool way to look at it. And I, I think a lot of people get this like reputation or D1 gets this reputation of like, what's well, D1, it's the best. And like, it's the, 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 the coolest way to go. And it's like, you get there and then you're treated like a number. And that's what I've heard a lot of people say. And mm -hmm. it's, it, it can be a little degrading sometimes. And so to know that like, you know, there are schools that care about like the, the person as a person uh, is really can be really uh, beneficial to them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it sounds like a really cool story. And is that one of the things that led you to your decision when you chose Northwood? Yeah, I would like to believe so. You know, after you do go to JUCO, I feel like more schools would love to reach out to somebody who's who's younger, you know, is just graduating high school than they would like an old man like myself. Um, but not to say that they wouldn't take transfers because that's, that's definitely a whole market of its own. But yeah, like going JUCO um, and then going to Northwood, I really had like no intention at the time. I was a, I was a music major and they definitely didn't have music because um, they're, they're an all business private school. And I thought about it more and more. And I looked into the degree, thought it was something that I would like. So I started, I started visiting some schools here and there. And Northwood's the one that uh, definitely stuck. So even with that gap year and considering all, all the factors and not knowing exactly what the plan was, I, I was glad I took that time as well to figure out what I wanted to do. And uh, yeah, North, Northwood has been, that's been my alma mater. It's, it's been awesome to be um, a part of that, even though I didn't know it. That's cool. What did you do during that gap year or like what led you to take that gap year? For sure. Just all, I realized that COVID going to be a time where everybody was locked into their rooms and, you know, classes might be online. We might not have a season. There were, there were too many what ifs in the air for me to be okay with that. So I just decided instead of, you know, spending money on school that I didn't think was going to be a great time or like good for my own mental health or like my own health in general. I just wanted to kind of take a break here and figure some stuff out. Then that year, I had stopped running completely after a while. I took a job at a bank and I was a bank teller for a little while. Um, so that, that was pretty interesting, big switch up. And then I started lifting actually, and I would lift about three to four times a week. And then my buddy would drag me along for a run every Sunday. We'd go for like 10 miles. So I ran like 10 miles a week every every Sunday. Big gains. I I gained like 12 pounds, 12 to 13. And yeah, it was 
it was a big bulk season. So when I got the call that I had to get back into runner shape, that was, that was a bit of an adjustment that summer, but it was, it was a lot of fun taking that break here. Um, even if it was during COVID, I got to learn a lot, but yeah, it was, it was a very transformational period. That's cool. I guess a little background before this, you, for everyone that that's listening, sorry. Um, you make music uh we saw that like you have a that, that you make music on spotify and is it your name is dill on there right yeah yeah yep so did you get into making music like or when did that happen did that happen over covid or you know it actually started in high school like i'm definitely still an amateur that's something that i love to do is like record and to write and to play i have a few few instruments behind me here I play play an assortment. I like I started making beats too in high school, so I was just something fun I loved to do, and I thought I would try and make a career out of it. Who knows in the future, like what kind of paths are going to be there? But for now, it's just it's just been fun to uh, write and um, just drop songs when I can. So it's actually probably been a few years, but <laughs> I'm always I'm always writing and looking to improve in that area too. And I thought like when I went to Northwood, I'm studying currently uh, marketing communications and digital marketing. And I thought that would help a lot to grow my brand as an artist. And the running's kind of taken over in a way that I really didn't think it would. I thought like, oh, this will just pay for my college. And the training has actually paid off in a, in a different kind of sense where um, I'm able to compete at a national level and have, have bigger dreams and aspirations of continuing running outside of college. So yeah, it was it's super weird. It's super weird to think about now that you ask how you can go from like, having strong desires in one field to completely changing everything around in a year or two. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. Is there, is there any moments that's popping into your head is like you, you come to a realization that, Oh, actually I quite like to, you know, I quite like to keep doing this maybe post-college or something like that. For, for music or uh, running. I was talking specifically for running. We can uh, talk about both actually. Is there, you know, the, do you have any moments for either where you've been maybe, because I know, I noticed you said you wanted to go, you'd like to go pro next year, you know, so what was kind of like, you know, was there a moment where you were kind of like, oh, I'd quite like to, quite like to do that. For sure. I mean, uh, the music stuff has kind of been on the back burner for a while. I feel like it's going to continue to be, but you know, if I ever get back into it, um, hopefully that will uh, be an easy transition, be a lot of fun and just whatever happens with it happens it'd just be for fun. But for running, I realized like the, the training that I was doing with my coach, uh, Jeremy Wilk, we, we got to talking about it one day and he's like, you know, like, I want to take a, I want to take a shot at it. Like I might not ever have this chance again to compete at this level. And like, I'm only getting older. Like I'm a 24 year old in uh, my last year of uh, college. So I was like, we got kind of a good shot at this. I think that if I were to continue um, my training and like, I'm looking at the progression, like, I think this year, like, is there's high potential to break four um, and, and do some other crazy things. So I realized that, like, I might not be D1. I might not have, like, the fastest times compared to all these D1 runners, you know, or, like, the, the odds of winning a national title is really, really difficult as well. So I started growing on social media, too, and kind of building that platform. So that way, it's kind of the best of both worlds and that you can market yourself as an athlete, show brands that you can work with them, that you are capable of like gathering an audience too. So I wanted to do that along with continuing my training and that, that kind of took over and it's all going well so far. And it's, it's been super cool to see that transformation too. But yeah, ever since then, just probably a couple of years ago, a couple of summers ago, I had, I had an idea and I said, 
like, coach, I want to do this. Like, can you help me get there? And he's like, yeah, like, let's do it. And so next year we'll take a stab at it and see what kind of things come my way, what kind of deals I can, I can work out, what brands I can represent all in good time. So just got to keep chipping away at it, you know? Dude, that's awesome. Like I, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that for you and, you know, to see like the, such a big progression from that, from Juco to taking a, a gap year and then, you know, now having the opportunity to, to go pros just like that is, that is really cool to see. And from like starting in Northwood, how did that like training go for you whenever, like you started just getting back into it and then you know, having the realization like, Hey, I want to, I want to go at this and becoming all American going sub 150 and 800. Like how did all of that, like, how did that progression look at Northwood? Yeah, honestly, like jumping into it, like I said, I was, I was just lifting a lot. So running, when I got back to it, I could barely maintain like a 720 pace without my heart rate getting up to like 180 beats per minute. So I'd get two miles in, I'd be wheezing and I'd be like, oh, like this isn't as easy as it used to be. Like, I don't know about this, but I kept training. Um, I got injured that summer. I spent like five weeks on a bike in between like run, walking and biking, trying to get better. So when I got there, um, I was like, I was still a little bit out of shape. And I spent a lot of that fall cross country season um, not hitting my PRs. And that was that was kind of a difficult moment. But people around me really uh, took me in and trained me up and come to indoor season I remember running my first mile under Northwood's name and it was like a 409 and I was like oh like where did where did that come from like I didn't know I could do that like that's kind of cool like let's let's take another stab at this like let's see how far we can get down so that was that was a super cool progression I believe I I ended up running like 406 that year and then uh last year I ran 403 and then was able to go 149 in the in the 800 and that, that's a funny story in itself, but my coach, he's like, you want to know something? And I go, what's that? And he's like, I never thought you would ever break 150 in the <laughs> 800. <laughs> and I go, of course, of course you thought that, but still it's like, it's a 149.99, you know, so I'm going to, I'm going to take full credit for that it 0.01, you know, <laughs> but um, it was, it was definitely a kick in the teeth, man, coming here. It wasn't, it wasn't easy. I had to throw myself back into the ring. And uh, like nothing great is ever done alone. You know, it's, it's all about like the people that you're doing it with. And luckily I had a great group of guys and a great coach to uh, bring me up into the culture again. So it was, it was super awesome to be a part of that. And uh, honestly, to get my teeth kicked in, I felt like I needed that. And it's, it's been great ever since. Yeah, man. One of the, all those, uh, those like, welcome back to college running or welcome to college running uh, workouts <laughs> or runs or stuff like that. I absolutely love that you went 149.99. We have a teammate, actually, the first time he ever broke two. Uh, he'll never let us forget it either. First time he broke two, he went 159.99. And uh, hey. I just I just love it. I'm like, oh, you just got to talk to everyone that hasn't broken two. It's like run two flat. You just have to like, you just have to just, <laughs> yeah, just make fun of them just a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> just That's a little awesome. bit. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about this. So obviously you've had, you had some breakthroughs that year and obviously a lot of that, a lot of that will have to do with your training, but a lot of that also will have to do with, um, you know, your, the mental aspect of running. So how do you approach that and how have you grown in that area? For sure. Uh, mentality is always something that's been huge for me. It's been a large part of my journey. I have a lot of people to thank for that and they know who they are if they're listening in today. 
but it's, it's something I've explored more and more. I think you have to build the right habits and the right mindset in order to perform at your greatest. Um, I've noticed there's like, for me, I think there's like five, five uh, key steps to that. And that's like focus, mind management, intensity, mental toughness, and confidence. And exploring each of those concepts more and more has really brought me to greater levels because you can train all day, you know, you can get as physically fit as you want to. But if you toe that line and you don't have the right mindset, it's like all over. You know what I mean? So there's even been races I've learned along the way that it's like you don't have to feel good to have a good day. There's a lot of times I've towed the line and I felt like I was I was like puking like five minutes before, like I didn't feel great. And you step up to the line and you're like, you know what, like this race is not going to be, it's not going to make me feel any worse than I already feel. So we might as well like go for it. And I've had like some of my best performances like doing that, which is crazy because I, I never would have thought so. But if you can tell yourself in your head that you can, you really can. So I, I feel like that kind of training and really logging your miles, goal setting, really telling yourself that you can do things, having positive self-talk, um, all those things definitely play a huge factor and growing yourself as an athlete. Dude, that's like, that is, I mean, that is probably the most, one of the most in-depth things I've heard someone say about mental running and like listening or reali not listening, realizing that like, you know, you don't like, well, I'm, I'm just going to repeat what you just said. Uh, you don't have to feel good to have a good day. Like I, that's, that's what happened literally yesterday for me at the workout or on, on our workout. Like, I went into that workout. I was like, I just like, I just did not feel good going into it. And I don't, I wasn't thinking the exact stuff that you were saying, but like, I ended up having like a pretty good workout day. Uh, and like, I was not upset about it at all. And it was just interesting. Like I just had that, the mindset where I wanted to, I was just like, I'm just going to get it over with. I know I have the ability to do it. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to try as hard as I can to, to do it. Mm -hmm. and, and it worked, it worked just fine. And like to, I think a lot of people will get scared whenever they, they don't feel quote unquote good. And yeah, realizing that's just like, that's something that you have the ability to change is just like, it's hard for a lot of people to realize. And uh, like, how did you, how did you find all of that out? Honestly, um, having a lot of different coaches brings a really great perspective into it. They can each teach you something different along the way, along your journey. So I feel like each one of them has taught me at least something about each one of those five subjects. And I by no means would say I'm a master of it. You know, I'm, I'm still a, I'm still a student that's studying these things. I believe those are those are some great, like great keys in the way to unlocking uh, your mind's potential. But it's really like you're always trying to figure out how to improve. And if you've if you really like mastered everything, you know, like what what fun is that? Like there's always something to improve on, you know what I mean? So I think um, in my journey, it's been the people who have who have taught me those things and not so much of like myself. Like I'd, I'd love to take credit for those discoveries for sure, but I definitely owe it to the people around me who have, who have taught me lessons time and time again, whether it's like a, a difficult workout I didn't think I could get through or there's a really challenging race or, Hey dude, like, why are you eating Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew right now? Like you should be drinking water. Like, you know, it's like simple stuff like that, taking care of your body too, as well as your mind, like the right kind of foods to, to help fuel your mind, to help you feel better too. So there's a, there's a lot of people in my journey who have really helped me to unlock that and get interested in uh, digging into it more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the people that you surround yourself with are 
uh who you're gonna like who you're gonna like portray i think i read that somewhere yeah it's like mm-hmm. the the people that you surround you're the average of the people that you surround yourself with so yeah surrounding yourself with a bunch of really great people mm-hmm. that want to you know help with mental or with the mental side of running is going to help you more but yeah yeah, but um, I like what you said about the uh, you. It seemed like you were able to rattle off those five things pretty quickly. How long have you kind of had that in the back of your head? Those five things specifically, and when did you come up with them? Honestly, just within the last year. Like, I look back at it, and they're they're concepts that I have really like worked at in the past. But like to name them was something I did last year. Um, and to say like, I really want to grow in these things with intention, you know, with all the right intention. So again, like definitely, definitely not a master. Like there's, there's a lot more ways to focus in on those different concepts and how to build your mind. Like there's, there's mental health training, there's mental strength trainers, you know, but I'm just somebody who likes to try and find my own ways to train, to make it non-traditional. Like what, what can we do to do some, do something different, switch it up. So I found that those five things have helped me in my journey just to make my brain more powerful that's cool that's cool like so do you do any like specific training for it like outside of running or is it is running like your way to train i'd say running is definitely the way that i practice that but a lot of it has to do with outside of practice too like in those concepts goal setting is huge or logging your miles like man i can't tell you like how important it's been for me to to log my miles and that's that's something i still like struggle with and a lot of athletes struggle with it. But when you sit down with intention and you say, like, today, this went really well. This went really poorly. Here's something I learned. Here's something fun that would happen. And you kind of just, like, build on that. And you you look back, like, years previous, and you're like, oh, like, I didn't feel good doing this. And I felt amazing doing this. So you can you can really track your progress that way. It's also a super great idea to get your thoughts in your head out of their head and onto paper or like into a digital log. So that's something I try to do more of. And also like taking, taking care of your body. Like I was saying, there's a ton of things that you can do outside of running in order to take care of your, yourself and your mind, you know, taking a day for yourself, going for a walk, listening to music, practicing positive self-talk, even, even talking with people who are close to you and who are going to love you and support you. There's a ton of ways that you can grow your mental health to be stronger and your mental strength. So within running, yeah, I'd say I practice it the most there. Like that's my outlet, but there's there's a lot of different outlets for people to practice for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, so, stuff like that are really, really good for you for sure. But, well, I, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So well, you were talking about the like logging your miles and everything like that. So like that was we, it. we do final search and all that uh, with the team. And I know like we're, we're probably going to make that uh what little snippet that you said into a reel. And I know our coach is just going to eat that up. Like he, he's going <laughs> to show this to everyone. He's like, this guy says to log your miles. This guy says to write about it, write about it. Like he just, cause he makes it very adamant. Like, I mean, he, like we, we try to make it verbal, like how our day went with running. So. Yeah, yeah that was exactly what I was going to say uh, before I lost my train of thought. That was what I wanted to, yeah, okay. that was what I wanted to focus in on. Yeah, logging is huge, a huge emphasis for us here. And uh, I, I mean, I, I'm lucky enough, I came from a pretty decent high school. Even our high school coach had us doing it. And like, you know, through the years, it's been like very important for me. So like, is that something that you're, um, that you implement specifically or does your team do that as well? Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, It's always been the coaches implemented it. And like, I've gone back and forth on it like 
kind of my kind of my whole career like it's it's never convenient to log right like it's always kind of a pain but I've noticed that when I do it like I kind of feel better I'm able to analyze things on a different level and then you can track that data and see where the trends are um you you get to understand yourself more it's like you take what you physically did and you turn that into like digital data and that's that's so cool that you can like take that and then you can see where your strengths and where your weaknesses are and I, I never really thought about it that way. And it's not like I'm, I'm very perfect at running, excuse me, logging my runs. I'm a Strava fiend. I definitely like to log on there the most. I should definitely be on our, um, I should be logging on our team site a lot more than I have been. Very like loose for me just because I, I love to log on Strava more. I'm very biased towards that app. But yeah, I, our whole team logs or at least has the intention of logging through our coach. And uh, they like to check that just to see how we're doing too. It's a great way for coaches to check in with their athletes and just know how things went to the day to day. And it's also great for you to look back or to see like what your teammates are doing or how they felt, how you can encourage them or like encourage yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, even something I like realized today was sometimes you'll have a day and you're like, you almost think it's bad. You almost think like the workout didn't go very well. And like, I know it happened to me yesterday. I like sat down and I was like, I didn't think it was a very good day. And then I actually went through and looked at the statistics, saw how fast we were going, you know, was able to sit down and think about it. And then I was actually like, actually, that's not, that, that just wasn't a bad day by any means. Like that was actually, that was actually a very solid workout. And I think that's what logging does for you as well. You're able to like actually think and like be intentional about like, actually that was not, that was not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It is, it is very important. I'm, I'm still, I, I struggle uh, a lot to log. I'm, I'm actually doing it this week, which is huge, but it's, yeah, yeah it's definitely been a struggle for me. <laughs> I feel that it's, it's like never easy to really like want to sit down and type about it or to, or to write about it. But man, I don't know how much of fans you are of like the new Batman movie. Hey, yeah. But I'm like, I'm like 10 out of 10. That's like one of my favorite movies. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it, but. I watched it this last time during Halloween. I love Halloween too, but I, I noticed he like has a composition notebook for like each month of the year. And he like fills that whole thing out. And I was like, Ooh, like that makes me want to go into Batman mode and like keep like a whole file stacked with composition notebooks, just of like October 10th, 2023. This was my run today. And you know, you get all, you got all into the Batman persona, but I mean, it, it definitely was running. It's going to be a lot more lighthearted than anything Bruce Wayne would say, but <laughs> it makes me want to log with that intention, how he does about like his, his own endeavors. Dude, I love that. That's, that's actually, that's hilarious. But like, yeah, getting, uh, getting into more like practices and racing and like, you know, logging all of it there, there's a certain way to practice and then there's a certain way to race and like, you know, learning about how to know when to do certain things for days is important and like how have you figured out how to do that yeah intention is everything man like um going to practice showing up every day and having the right intention like knowing what that day is for and what its purpose is 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 super important um it's great to show up every day and not be like why are we doing this this doesn't make any sense to me you know Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's something that's been really great and that's been pushed here is like if anybody feels like we're doing something that doesn't have intention they're like they can have a conversation about it um but for me it's like showing up every day it's like okay today's a recovery day if i was to push it past this limit i'm really like losing all the benefit from this day so i might as well take it as easy as possible you know 
Um, that way you're, you can show up for your bigger sessions and have those, um, excuse me, for, you want to be really able to drive those home. Like make the, they make the most of, out of it when that time matters. So you said like racing versus, versus practice, right? So um, it's, a, it's really easy to try and want to crank down everything in a workout, like past what your set pace is. If it's too comfortable, like you can obviously move that up. But like even knowing like in practice that you don't have to kill it every single day. It's just like you have to go out there with intention and do the job that's set before you. And those little steps are going to pay off in the long run. It's not like if you have one killer workout here, it's really going to make or break your season. And it's like, oh, this is how I'm going to race. Like you don't have to practice racing at practice. You have to practice practicing at practice. That's a lot of practices, but I think you get the gist of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everyone's fallen into that trap of like uh, making practice a, uh, a race and like just getting competitive yeah yeah Yeah, it's being competitive but also like yeah trying to like show yourself that you can like uh you you can make a workout like look i'm really good too and like you know for a tempo run uh you're running like a pace that is not tempo pace it's like you're making it like a bad um vo2 session uh yeah so i mean i know i know i definitely fell into that trap uh especially when we got here at first freshman year I think like my first workout, <laughs> maybe my first workout ever. I threw up afterwards. I was like, I don't think that was. Yeah, I don't think the intent was to do that. <laughs> and, <laughs> but um, yeah. Have you had those kind of workouts where like, or like those learning workouts where you didn't, you didn't really realize like you were, well, not didn't realize, but you were, you were giving it a little too much harder than you were supposed to. Oh, definitely. I just, I just did it this past fall. Like I was, I was a workout warrior out there, man. So I had, I had like a big fartlek session. I ended up like pushing my ons like a lot faster than they needed to be. And then also pushing my off faster than they needed to be. And I ended up running like nine, a little under nine and a quarter miles at like 508 pace. And then, so I like, I pushed it way too hard and I didn't really realize it in the moment, but I definitely felt the effects of it the next day on recovery. And then we had, we had a workout two days after that workout and like this was just a part, like it wasn't supposed to be like a killer sesh, you know, because we were going to have the killer session two days. So we did that. And I, man, I, I made it through that workout, but I showed up not knowing how it was going to go. And like, I felt, I felt awful. And I knew I still had like a job to do that day. It's just like that, that part like made it hurt so much more. And it, it kind of like took me out for kind of a week. Like I didn't, I didn't like not run for a week, but after I had like a poor performance cause I just killed, I did overkill on that workout and I like performed poor, poorly in a race. I kind of like took a day or two to rest and to just do a couple recovery runs from it. So I'm definitely guilty of it myself. I pushed, pushed the envelope too hard, but yeah, I, I super easy. Like you said, to fall into it, like to be a workout warrior is kind of cool in the moment. And then when you get to the, when you get to the races and you're like, Oh, like I can't, like I can't move my body because I pushed it too hard this week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it has its drawbacks a hundred percent. Yeah. I think uh, we had that, I had that feeling the other day after a long run. Not, not, well, maybe I did it wrong, but like, not, no, I felt like I did it wrong, but just like, yeah, walking around the next day, just like, Oh no. <laughs> but I mean, so, I mean, after those sessions, what, what sort of stuff are you doing to recover? What sort of stuff do you like to do? Absolutely, man. 
I definitely got a shout out, Honey Stinger. I get a, I got a little, uh, a lot of the jokes like, oh, it's the Honey Stinger guy, but I definitely love them. They're a great brand. I like to drink like their electrolyte mix because that helps me out a lot to like get those fluids replenished quickly. A lot of the time I like to make sure I get good rest, like eight to nine hours after those big sessions to just make sure I'm getting the sleep that I need. My body can rest. Stretching and rolling is super important. Doing a little bit of e-stem here and there, like if, if I really need it. Icing if you need it too. I mean, I, I could probably list off all the uh, things that people are going to tell you. You know, you go to the trainer and they're like, throw some ice on it. But um, <laughs> a lot of the times, a lot of the times that stuff really does help. So it's just like taking care of your body and doing the little things. Also like eating the right foods. Like if you just have like a killer session, you don't need to like replenish your body with like Taco Bell, like go get some like good food, cook something for yourself. That's going to make you feel good. And like, get those, get those calories in. We are, we are calorie deficit human beings in in the running world. And I feel like we could never truly eat enough to replenish everything that we lose in a day. So definitely got to promote eating more. Oh, yeah. for sure no, for sure like yeah and i dude i love honey stingers too uh but yeah are you so are you an ambassador for them or uh sponsored by them yeah yeah i'm an ambassador um at the moment i, lo- I love those guys they're funny we have a lot of good like dm conversations but yeah the hope is like maybe to reach out to them uh for one of those potential sponsorships like after i graduate here i, I know that they do sponsor athletes or sponsor teams um they do a lot for the community and they do a lot for the people that they that represent them. So I really like how they operate. I like the people in their company. And I, I think they just have a really good eye for, for athletes out there. Dude, that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to find the right brand deal and the, the right company. You don't want to be representing a company that like you, you actually don't like. Yeah. So uh it's nice yeah. To, yeah. It's nice to have something it's, that you're actually like actually really into. Yeah, you believe in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. That's that's how I feel too. That's sorry what, go ahead oh well sorry I, I was gonna change subjects um but yeah i'm glad i'm glad that you uh you believe in the company so that, that makes me feel better about me eating them but <laughs> going back to racing and everything so like i mean you you are a d2 all-american in 1500 correct so on uh, the indoor mile in the indoor mile okay sorry no Maybe worries uh but still yeah indoor <laughs> mile so take us through that race because like that is that is a race that i mean not a lot of people like i mean not understand but it's like they don't get to they don't get to see that like an, an all-american like how how does that happen getting there is the hardest part like trying to qualify and hit not not just a provo mark but a provo mark that's also gonna like get you in the door so like getting there was the hardest part. It took me a long time to try and get that time. And we wanted to, we wanted to hit a really good time, a really good seed time um, before conferences was coming up. So we, we didn't have to rely on a conference race for it. Um, so we ended up going to Saginaw Valley and my coach paced me through like half of it, half of a mile. And I took over the other half and ended up running like a 403. So I was like, this is, this is good. Like this will get me in. It didn't, it didn't matter anyway. Cause I ended up running like a faster time at conferences anyway. It was really competitive. So I was like, Oh, we could have, we could have done it there too. But yeah, the hardest part was getting in. And when I got there, it was such a cool experience to see like the level of care and like thought they put into it was, was really awesome. It wasn't just like, you, you know, like it's a big event. It's a big production. It was, it was like just an honor to be a part of it. The prelims were terrifying. Luckily, I was in the I was in the second heat, so that made things a little bit easier. We could see what the first heat did and what time I'd have to run. Very strategic, 
and I spent a lot, a lot of time in prayer. Almost, almost the whole time that I was at the facility, I was just like um, tuning in with God and being like, like, I don't know what your plan is for today. Like if it's in your will, like I really want to make finals. And I remember going up to the desk to check in and this lady was there and she's like, Oh, what's your name? We're just getting checked in. And I go, I don't really know about today. Like I'm so nervous. And she goes, Oh, you'll make it in. And I was like, Ugh. what do you mean? Like, how do you, like, how do you know that? She's like, Oh, I got a feeling like you'll make it in. And it was just like, you know, I feel like for me, like I'm a Christian. So like, we know that God like speaks through, speaks through people and he really puts people into our lives. Like that's how he communicates with us sometimes. And it was like, Oh, that's so weird. Like, I don't know to hear her say that. And whether or not she she was a believer or not those words those words definitely stayed with me and it gave me a lot of confidence going into the race and yeah we made we made finals very tactical and we realized after that like with the number of contestants we had there was going to be a group of four that were probably going to be in contention for the title and honestly my goal was just to go top eight so we could we could snag an all-american spot and when we realized that like I could be potentially in contention for winning the thing, that was, that was pretty cool. I didn't know what would result in it, but I said like, Hey, at least I think like I could be in the top four. And sure enough, I got fourth. We very tactical race as well, went out very slow. And that's, that's so interesting too, is like, you'll see a lot of these national meets, they'll, they'll go out and they'll, it's just like super slow. It's not like anybody's trying to break like a national record or like D2. Like it was, it was, it was just so crazy how slow we went out and how much we cut it down. But yeah, very tactical race. Enjoyed every moment, moment of that experience. Tried, tried to replicate it for outdoors and you know, it's not, it's not always going to happen. Second team all American was still awesome just to uh, make the finals and to try running at elevation with something totally different too. So, you know, it's just, you got to be thankful for all the, all the things that you are given and make the most out of every opportunity. And when things don't go your way, you have to view them as a learning opportunity and not as a failure. So, Definitely got to run it back. Got two, sorry, last semester, two seasons indoor-outdoor. So we'll see if we can't uh, try and replicate that result or something better next time. Heck yeah, dude. That's, I mean, that's a heck of a story right there. I mean, it seems like you you really just were relaxed. And it seems like that, I mean, this is something that I, I do sometimes. But it's like, you know, you were okay with whatever outcome was going to be giving given to you and i think that that's that is really important for racers and like just people in general is not being caught up as like i I have to do this or this means like i'm gonna fail or it's like you know whatever happens is is okay and i think that that that's that's really cool that you've just embraced that thank you man it's not easy for sure you know it's it's very easy to fall into the temptation that if something doesn't go well, then I need to rethink everything that I've done, you know? And a lot of the times it's just like, you're trying to just have one good day to have everything line up on like one day out of the year is, is, is very crazy. There's things you can do to try and maximize those efforts. But at the end of the day, if you don't see that result that you want and you know, you're capable of it, like just shoot for it next time, you know? I understand that there's not always the next time, like um, for cross nationals, like I competed there and I wanted to go all American there and it didn't happen. I fell apart. I was struggling a lot with um, iron deficiency at the time. Um, It was also like a long extended season. So, you know, that result didn't happen, but you have to still know that like you're great. And I I don't mean that to say like, I'm great like myself, but to, to tell others, like, 
you might not have had that result that you wanted, but like, you're still a great athlete. And I think like each person needs to remind themselves of that sometimes and really use that self-talk. You know what I mean? Like not, not putting myself on a pedestal to say like, you're great, but to, you know, to give yourself uh, yeah, a pat on the back. Mean. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Like positive self-talk is like so important because so many people forget it. Like, mm-hmm. I know I've gone into races like, and like it, th- those bad races will happen when you step on the line and and you're not sure, you know, you don't fully believe in yourself. And not that there needs mm-hmm. to be like an arrogance, but like there needs to be a, you know, like a belief that like, you know what? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Like I'm ready for this. And like, you know, when we, when, we, when you start racing, like, again, not in an arrogant way, but I like, loved it when someone else said the other day, like, yeah, I, I believe, uh, I believe the one I race, I'm the best person on the track. And uh, I had absolutely, yeah. And it's like that, that, that sort of like, you know, confidence and mentality you have. And like being able to be at peace, like you guys were talking about, is like, is like such a big thing. Like everything happens for a reason. And like, you're not being all American during cross, you know, there is a reason for that. Maybe it will teach you, you know, make you want all the while, all the more for this upcoming track season, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That, that actually, um, I forgot to mention it happened two years ago. I'm so old that I ran out of eligibility for cross country this year. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so i'm just i'm just a bit of an old head so all i have are indoor outdoor but yeah that last fall really really brought um some energy for indoor outdoor and we've been continuing it ever since and yeah it's been a big training block since june till now probably gonna hop in a 5k and see what i can do there and then we'll cut it back down to some mile 3k action maybe some 800 and indoor but like you said man like let that fuel your fire like or use it as a wake-up call like if you can if you can take something negative and turn it into a positive then like you've won you've won the day doesn't matter about the result mm-hmm. Heck yeah dude if you uh want to go a little bit more in depth with this you said like you're a christian and you know you believe in god and everything like how has that helped your running career and how, how has that helped your life in general it's made it like i i would not be anywhere in life that i am without him and his blessings and uh, the things that he's done for me, the people that he's put in my life at the right time, at the right moment, everything he does is with intention. And he has like such great plans for all of us that it's like, are you willing to buy in? Like a lot of times, you know, you go to college and you're, you meet this new coach and he has a brand new training plan and you're not sure about it at first, but it's like, are you willing to buy in to see how it could benefit, you know? And that's that's like with God too. Like he has this great plan for all of our lives and it's like, are you willing to buy in? And then it's also like in return, how are you going to use the gifts that he's given you to honor him? He's a, he's my reason why like I run along like my family and loved ones and uh, like friends and family. Um, ultimately it's like, he's given us these gifts to use and we want to repay him by just doing the best job that we can for, for him. And like in his name, so he's he's been a large part of my journey, a large part of my life since since I was born. And it's interesting, too, because uh, the more you get to know him, the more you can see patterns and how he operates. And like, he's like, oh, OK, like, I understand now, like, I understand why this happens and this happens. So it's it's a really great relationship to have, not just for your own benefit, but also so that you can you can help others to know, know the good words. That's awesome to hear yeah absolutely well i think we're yeah yeah we we are getting to that time and so here there's yeah. one more question we do want to ask you yeah for sure shoot yeah absolutely so what is your 
one of your lowest lows in running and how did you how did you make it back from that honestly yeah that that story i was telling you about like covid like having that season taken away that spring from from my track sophomore year and then kind of taking that break year while there was a lot of great things that happened and it was a great time for transformation it was also a low time just because covid affected like so many people in so many ways and for me that meant like my running career had like taken a nosedive. I, I stopped completely, but I even have it, I even have it tatted on my arm. I don't really know if you can see it, but it says, um, it says trust on my arm. Sorry. I don't know where the camera is. There we go. But um, that was a season where I, I really learned more about like trusting and God in his plan when, when things were looking very unsure. So along with all of that struggle through, through running and not knowing where it was going, God always had a plan and I've been following it the best that I can. And it's, it's been great. It's been abundant and I'm very thankful for what he's given. Yeah, dude. I love that. Love that answer. So when we, yeah, we'll call it here and uh, you know, Dylan, we've, we've had a great time having you on. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed talking to us a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, for everyone listening, thank you everyone so much and we will catch everybody next time. Thank you so much, Dylan and goodbye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to like and subscribe, and we'll catch you all next week.